Hey, this is Jordan Sutton, pastor at Clearpath Church. Thank you for tuning in to our sermon podcast. We appreciate you listening. A little about our community. We love to come together. We love to come to the Lord's table together. Uh, We're a community trying to be led by the Spirit, just walking through Scripture together, walking through life together. If this message is an encouragement to you, bring some hope to your life at the end of the sermon. There'll be a little bit of information about how you can get in touch with us. Stay tuned and thanks for joining. Just give this worship team a hand. Doing an amazing job. Are you alive today? Yeah. I want to share a few things with you this morning. This happens to me about once a year where I pray wait on the Lord. I spent eight or nine hours doing so, and I get nothing to share with you. (laughs) Yeah, see you later. (laughs) Um, It's a funny thing, because I could just write something down and say it. Nobody would know the difference. Um, And I don't even know if I do it the right way. But I just, I just always had this sensitivity to waiting on the Lord. I was, so I was reading Daniel yesterday as I was sitting there with this blank cloud of inspiration over my mind. None of you ever have a blank cloud, I know. None of you ever are, are waiting on hearing from the Lord and not feeling like you're hearing. I'm the only one. Um, but uh, I was sitting there and I was reading Daniel I've been in Daniel a number of times recently. At the end of Daniel, God gives Daniel a, um, he's giving Daniel a series of visions about what what the angel who gives him the visions calls the end of time, the end of all things. And um, the message of this vision is that God's people are to be faithful. That there, that there will be times of incredible blessing and favor, and there will be times of difficulty, and that God's people are to be faithful to hope in God, and that at times it will be hard to hope in God. Has it ever been hard for you to hope in God? You know why we sing these like passionate songs, your goodness is running after running after me? Because sometimes we have to sing them to remind ourselves of that. And so... So the angel gives the Lord, um, gives Daniel a vision. Daniel doesn't know how to interpret the vision. So the angel gives Daniel the vision. The angel interprets the vision. And then Daniel is so weak when he sees the vision that he can't do anything. And that's kind of how I feel about following the Lord, sharing. It's like God gives the word. He gives interpretation of the word, and then he gives strength to even stand in the word. And I don't know, when I was sitting there reading that that passage of Daniel, I was like, that's kind of how I feel right now. Like, I can't get it without God. I can't say it without God, and I can't even stand in it without God. And I think for me, I just made a decision that I want to live that way. And... Uh, but I feel like, so, so whenever I feel that, 
when I feel this sense of, I don't know what I'm sharing, sharing, I give up on preparing thoughts and I just ask the Lord to prepare my heart. And so I do have a couple of things that I want to share with you this morning, but they're not really particularly a message they're, they're, or a sermon. They're just some things that the Lord put in my heart this week to talk to you about. Um, I, uh, I'm trying to decide in which order to share. How many of you were here the week that Joe Kinetic shared the Care Portal? A number of people uh, came back to me that week. Um, I and uh, told me that him being here really stirred their heart. And for different things, you know, I heard people talking about the call to care for the orphan. I heard people talking about just a, a sense of giving their lives away more. And if you know Joe's life, um, you know, he didn't share a ton, but um, they brought so many people through their home, living in their home, kids living in their home, drug addicts living in their home, to care and bring restoration to those who are broken. And Joe shared something um, with me personally that really stirred me. He, he shared, he was talking about all the needs that are out there that the church could meet. And he said, I, what I believe is that pastors are, are so afraid that they would have to do these costly things that themselves that they're unwilling to share them from their pulpits. And so I was very stirred by that. And I was thinking about all the work that God is wanting to do in our body. And all the work he wants to do caring for the orphan, caring for the hurting, caring for people in our city. And what's up guys? Well, you guys. And I thought to myself, how God, how am I going to do all this work? Like, how is it possible? I already have a job. I'm already pastoring. And my wife broke down crying. She's, we had, you know how when you get a kid sick, like they all get them in sweet sequential days. Like we had, our kids almost never get sick and they got sick few, this week and another kid out of school and another kid out of school and then Judah feels better this morning but he was sick yesterday and we don't want to expose any of your kids to sickness so he's, he, she's not here. But my wife this week was very like even keeled all the time. She, we, were, we were at a staff meeting and she, she broke down crying in the staff meeting because of just all the work that like all this new stuff in her body, which is so exciting, all these things are, but it just requires a ton of work. And, and so we're just, we're just in one of those seasons where we're trying to navigate what, what the work of God looks like. And it's very easy to just say that the kingdom is just, all right, let's just sit back and, and be with God. 
But I have this belief that abiding in the Lord is resting in his faithfulness and working with him too. Like that, that actually that is the call of John 15 is for us to abide in the vine and to do that which he commands us to do. And so it's not just, it's not just hang out on the beach, right? Like it's also to do the work of the Lord. And so anyways, we're just navigating this. And I've been thinking about this, like, God, I just don't know how to do all the things you've called us to do and to model them. Because I, if, if we're going to do something new as a body, like, I want to be the first one to show up. Like, I, I, want, I want to lean in. And I felt like this Wednesday in prayer, actually, Valerie and Susanna were there. And the Lord spoke to me, like, very, very clearly and when I say very clearly, I, I just say a couple times a year where I feel the Lord so strongly. Um, he spoke to me. He said, I'm not calling you to do all the work. I'm not calling you to do all the work. I want you to be, I want you to be a father. The cool thing about being a father is if you embrace the role of being a father, then, then those that you father get to go much further than you will ever go. How many of you are parents in here? You want your kids to, to follow the Lord more, hard, more wholeheartedly than you do. You want your kids to go places that you haven't been. And that's, that's the heart of the father. So as the Lord began to stir in my heart. He said, I want you to be a father. I felt this insecurity come up in me that I felt like I, I needed to mention to you as a body. When Andrew and I started the church, actually when we first started having gatherings, we officially started, we were, I was 23, but we first started having gatherings, I was 22 years old. Never been on staff at a church didn't have really much life experience. And I had, but I had all this confirmation from the Lord and from people around me that God was leading us on this wild journey. And I remember asking the Lord, God, why are you calling me to do this? Like, isn't there a better option? And I felt like the Lord said, yes, there's a better option. He said, in fact, you were not my first choice. said, really, it would be better if, if we waited a little bit for you. He said, but you're a rock crying out. He says, sometimes I take people down a unique path that's not the typical path of maturation because God needs to do something. Yeah. And so what that did in my early years of pastoring was it shaped me with the mindset that I do not know what the heck I'm doing. And I genuinely didn't know what I was doing, but also shapes that mindset. I don't know what I'm doing. And, and so in the process of that, God was calling me to lead people that were older than me, wiser than me, more experienced than me. Like, I'm 37. If I started pastoring right now as a senior pastor, people would be like, oh, that's a young pastor down the road. Like, um, but I was young. 
And, and so one of the things that I embraced was being what I like to call friend pastor. And, and so like, I don't know how you, how the pastors you grew up were like, but like, you know, most of the pastors I grew up with, like we, we were kind of friends with them, but they weren't like, they're very like loving people, but they were like older, more statesman type people that were kind of over here and, you know, like a little extra holy. And I don't even actually mean that in a derogatory way. Like, I, I just mean like they were, there was something kind of different about their life. And, and I just sort of felt like the Lord had led me to embrace being a pastor as a friend. Which how many are thankful Jesus is a good friend? But this week, as I was praying, and I was asking the Lord about what he wants to do in this body and the kind of holy people that he wants to make us into, I felt like the Lord said, it's good that you've been a friend, but I, it's not what I'm looking for right now. I need you to be a father. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to share this with you because as a pastor, I don't know what all that entails, but I have to figure out what being a father in this body looks like and not just being a friend. And I want your permission and your grace for me to figure that out. I feel like that if, I feel like if, if, if you will give me grace to figure out what being a father in the faith that his body is like, that it will shift something in the dynamic of this family. Years ago, I've shared this story, but a group of us went to listen to Jesus Culture. This was more than a decade ago. And they sang, they led worship. Remember, Banning Leibscher preached, and there were like 7,000 people there. And at that point, Jesus culture was just kind of like the youth movement within Bethel Church, where Bill Johnson was a pastor. And I remember being in my 20s, crying there, because I thought to myself, I want to be the guy who, who can believe in people and minister to people in a way that they'll be, on, they'll be in stages and environments and places of influence and callings that I'll never live out. Like, I want, I want to hold in my heart not my own calling, but the calling of others. And so I just feel like, like I said, that I'm supposed to share this with you this morning, that God is inviting me as a pastor into fathering in this body and I just, just give me the grace to figure that out. I don't, I, I'm not going to suddenly, I'm not like, oh, now I'm not a friend. That's not the, that's not what I'm asking. I just, there's a different um, disposition that I feel like the Lord is inviting me to. And I feel like that God is calling me and us more into his holiness. 
this this week I just I just prayed and I thought, God, I, I know you're inviting me more into scripture. I know you're inviting me more into prayer. I know you're inviting us more in to this holy calling. Everybody okay with that? So there's a story that I've been writing on off and on for the last two years. And it's the story of Peter's life. At the very beginning of Peter's life, Jesus calls him. Kids, I want you to hear this, actually. Jesus calls Peter while they're sitting at the edge of a lake and they're fishing. And when Jesus calls Peter, he calls him to be a fisher of men. And do you know what Peter does? Any kid can shout out the answer if you know it. What does Peter do? If you don't know, it's okay. But, but extra brownie points if you know. All right, I'm gonna tell you what Peter does. When, when Jesus calls Peter, he drops his nets and he follows him. I mean, remember this story. He follows him immediately. He does not wait a year. He doesn't go think about it. He doesn't go even do like a 10-day fast and pray about it. Jesus calls Peter to follow him immediately. If we can get a sense in our life that there are times that Jesus is calling, he is calling us to follow him immediately, it will give us the ability to stay exactly in his will. And I feel like for this body, there is a holy calling that he is inviting us into that's not a wait six months thing, it's a now thing. And I don't know what that looks like for every person. As I, as I was thinking about being a father, I realized that I feel that there are some people in this room who are going to open their home to the orphan. There are some people in this room who are gonna go with us to the streets. There are some people in this room, you're going to take people in. You're going to clothe people. I feel like even for some people in this room, he's going to call people to the nations. But I, I just sense that God is increasing the holiness of the call. And he says to us, follow me now. Like, don't wait. Don't, don't calculate. And so how many of you last week, you prayed with us, we invited people to pray for, for seven days what does it look like for us to be a holy people? How many of you prayed at least one day with that with us? Raise your hand. Okay. I want to ask us to extend that one more week. That God, that we would pray daily, what does it look like for this body to become a holy people? We're going to pray into that this week. But back to Peter's story. At the end of Peter's life with Jesus on earth, he's sitting again by a lake. They've had this incredible catch of fish that is a miraculous to the point that the boats can't get it in. And Jesus, you know, is doing all this stuff, comforting, confronting, doing all, but he calls Peter at the same place, standing by a lake at, at the end of his journey with Jesus. And he doesn't say to him, come again, I'll make you fishers of men. He says, come, I'll make you a shepherd of sheep. Because God is always calling us out from what we are comfortable to into greater territory of ministry and holiness and life. And I feel like the Lord is saying to us today, be willing to be surprised by me. 
Like you have understandings about your calling and your life and what I'm doing with you. And it will inhibit you from the next season because God is inviting you again to encounter as a child what it means to be called as a holy person. And we don't need to have a body that gets together and does all the same thing. We don't need 80 of us down at the apartment complexes, apartment complex sharing Jesus with people. The, co the community would be completely overwhelmed. Be like, what is happening right now? It is not necessary. We don't need every one of us to quit our jobs and take in people off the street. We don't need every one of us to be doing the same thing, but we need every one of us to come into the holiness of his calling. And that is going to be different for every single person. But here's the, the notion that I want to come against that I feel like I've been fighting against for a long time, which is that the calling, the holiness of the calling that he's drawing us into is not something that involves only you that you're supposed to do that's about your gifting. It is about the body coming together and all of us in diversity and our uniqueness operating in the holiness of who we're called to be. That's the picture in 1 Corinthians 12, that the Spirit of God, who is one Spirit, comes upon the body, who is one body, and He gives different gifts, and all of these gifts are meant for the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so I just, I want to provoke you. Well, I don't have like a teaching for you. I want to provoke you to believe that God has called us as a body to something holy. He has called us uniquely, but he has called us together. How do we dream, we pray, envision, imagine being together in a holy calling? That's what I believe is the invitation from the Spirit right now. How, how many of you can commit to praying with me this week? We need, we need prayer into what it looks like for our body to come into his holiness. Um, th let me just share with you like a couple of testimonies. Um, we, uh, Daniel and I, one of our days this week, we met, met with the apartment manager who began to share her testimony with us. And they just offered us uh, an apartment to do for free on Wednesday nights to do prayer and home group in, in the apartments we're ministering to. Like, I actually was thinking two weeks before, I was like, maybe we need to rent an apartment. Well, they just offered us one for free. Like, two, then we discovered and we met, there's a group of people there, and if there's anybody who's interested in this, please let us know. There's a group of people, an organization that is there that's already tutoring kids in the community four days a week. There's 10 kids showing up who are hungry to learn and have a somebody having attention on their life. Like from 3 to 6 p.m., there are a couple people in an apartment complex helping 10 kids grow in their knowledge. And, they're, and they're the, these, are, these are Christians that are doing this. They said, please, how can we partner with you? Whatever way, we want to partner with you. Um, on, on top of that, I'm meeting with the, the group that does the tutoring this Tuesday 
and the apartment manager, we're going to help them plan an event this fall. And so we need help manning these things. And I'm saying all this to say that God is inviting us in to something more holy, something more selfless, something that looks more like love. And all of us are going to have different roles to play. I'm inviting you to pray with us and to go on the journey with us. Everybody good with that? Okay, I'm going to finish that stream of thought, and I want to share with you something that we're going to do. Do we have this slide? Okay. While Andrea was crying, which was awesome, Zane started talking about how that he felt like that we needed to find a way to give our body a greater opportunity to be stewards of this process of being planted. And so what we've decided is that I think that once a month between now and when we move to this building is it, we, it, may, be le it may be less than that. We're still trying to figure out the rhythm is that we're just going to have a family meeting directly after church. We are going to provide food, and we're going to talk about all the needs that need to be met between now and then. There are things that need to happen in the work of us doing mission in East Dallas. There are things that need to happen uh, around the building. There are new types of like organizational leadership that we need within our body to prepare us for making this move. And so, as I'm thinking like, how are we gonna do all this work? I felt like the Lord said, it's time for you to be father and to open up, like, open up the opportunity for people to step in and to steward, steward this together. And so, we aren't just asking, uh, we're, we're not just asking for financial support as a part of this planet initiative. We, we are asking you to show up October 22nd after service, and we're just going to have the good old-fashioned family church meeting and say, here are some things that need to happen. We may brainstorm. We may, like, ask. We may just, like, here are seven things that need to be done. There's probably going, it's not just going to, we will definitely pray. It's not just going to be, like, handing out a list of things that need to get done. We, we actually believe that God wants to use that as a spirit-led time to bring us more, bring all of us into greater ownership of the process of God planting us in this community. Everybody cool with that? And so please take a picture of this, put this down, it will go. We would like to have you October 22nd. We will have this planted family meeting um, after service. We will provide food and um, we'll be present and we will be brainstorming, problem solving, praying through all the things that God needs to prepare us with before we make a move. And so we're asking, this is something that we're trying to get as many people as possible present for, because it's, it's, not, that God's, it's not that we're planting a new church, but it's kind of like we're being planted. If we, we didn't like, even put this language planted, it came from Isaiah 61, but as we were thinking about it, it's almost like the process that a church goes through when they're planted. And so we want to open up discussion October 22nd. 
Um, and we want to invite you to be a part of that. We won't do that kind of a meeting every week. That maybe we'll do one in October and November, and we won't do one in December. But we, but we are going to try to open up that time for prayer, brainstorming, problem solving, and, and kind of assigning tasks for people to get done. All right, I'm going to draw us to taking these elements together. Can I have your attention, please? You got it, Dan. Touche. <laughs> oh, yes, you don't have to call me Father Jordan, <laughs> Pastor. <Yeah. laughs> Very funny. Um, let's let's lift these elements up. It's just a sign of our faith and trust in God. How many of you need healing in your body? Need healing in your body. So many miracles of healing just by receiving communion. This this table is our healing. How many of you need greater faith? This, this table is meant to remind us of the work of Jesus until, until we get to the very end. It's better than even singing a good song. This table is to remind us. How many of you need to feel satisfied? Content. This is the table of contentment. And so Jesus', Jesus uh, blood, his, his death, his resurrection has made abundant provision for us for all things for life and godliness. And so um, I just want to ask you to step into a faith moment right now, whether it's healing, contentment, forgiveness, wholeness. Um, what did we just talk about? Um, faith, um, hope. I, I, I want you to place, close your eyes and place uh, one of those things in your mind and I want you just to receive it. Like if this is, like you're taking the bread, the juice of hope. You're taking the bread, the juice of faith or of healing. I want you to just receive with, with belief right now that God is who he says he is. And so Lord, we lift these elements up. We're reminded of the work of Jesus, the mystery of the work of the death, the resurrection, the ascension, the giving of your spirit. And we just ask you, for the belief to enter our hearts that you are our abundant provision for everything we need in life and godliness according to your great mercies, Lord. And so I pray that, God. I pray for healing, for faith, for wholeness, for direction, for everything that has been made abundant through Jesus. I pray that it would be received this morning, God. We bless this. We ask you to bless it. And we say thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. You may receive. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Oh, divine master. Grant that I might not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, and to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, 
and it is in thine that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Enjoyed this episode from Clearpath Church in Dallas, Texas. If you'd like more info to visit us on a Sunday morning or to subscribe to our newsletter, check us out at www.clearpathdallas.com. Follow us on Instagram at Clearpath Dallas. Thanks for listening. Since